0: Awesome, that was powerful this morning. Well, we're coming to a close of our series, Old School. We've been in it. We've been looking at things that just don't go out of style. There's certain values. There's uh, principles that we see through God's Word that He's given us, that if we apply to our life, we'll see and we'll live the life that God created us to live. First of all, I see a couple of new faces here this morning. I want to say good morning. We're happy you're here. Uh, I'm Pastor Garrett, and uh, you just experienced some awesome worship. Uh, Can we just give our team a hand? They've been praying and worshiping. They give up of their time to make sure that we have a full table, a buffet to come and eat of every every Sunday morning. So we thank you for being obedient to the Holy Spirit team. Amen. Amen. That's right. Uh, but if you didn't get any notes, I'm going to be uh, just kind of throwing some things out. Just raise your hand, uh, some of our ushers or pass some notes out to you if you didn't get any when you walked in. Uh, but if you just want to follow along and then you'll see on the backside there's some places where you can put some extra notes uh, because when you get in the vein and, and the channel of the Holy Spirit in church, how many of you know God can start speaking to you and you don't want to forget it so you want to make sure you want to write it down? Amen. So that's what that's there for. But you'll see on the the top of your notes, and this is really what we've been looking at, is why did Jesus come to earth? What was his purpose? What was his mission? And jumping into scripture right away, we see in Matthew 4, 18 through 19, that it's Jesus said in verse 19, he said to them, the disciples, to Peter and Andrew he's talking to, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I think we can all agree and we all know that what we see here as a package deal, you just can't follow Jesus but not have this side of it over here where you don't become evangelistic and you try to make fishers of men in your family, in your marriage, in your church. And on the other side, you can't just fish for people but not have that relationship with God where you're following him and you're getting the word of God poured into you and you're spending time in his presence. So we see here that it's a package deal. That we follow and we fish and we fish and we follow. And here, I'll give it to you right off the bat. Here's the first blank you'll see. And this is really said, in other words, that Jesus didn't come just to save individuals. But this is what we declared over our life this morning, which I really didn't even know we were doing that song, which is awesome. But But Jesus came to raise up an army. He didn't come just to save us individuals and then just put us in our own little world, but he came to bring us together and to raise up an army. And that army this morning is what? It's the church. It's you and I. We know in 1 John 3, 8, it says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, that we partake in that, where we can go into the world and bring the healing power of God, bring the kingdom of God to undo, to redeem and destroy the works of the devil. On a lighter note, I'm thankful for my shank chunky golf game when I can get some training and some teaching to destroy the work of the devil to keep me from breaking 100 out on the golf course. So you speak that over your life as well. That's right. All right, so 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 4, this is a scripture I love, uh, and a scripture that really encouraged me even in my youth as a, of understanding who Jesus is, And understanding when tough things come our way. 2 Timothy 2 3 through 4, it's in your notes, but it says, You therefore must endure hardship. You can underline hardship, you can highlight it. It'll bring a lot of understanding that this life is not easy. You you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare, all of us here are engaged in warfare. Look at this, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, but that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Some news for you this morning, you might not know, you might know, but you are enlisted in the army of God. And all of us are soldiers in the kingdom of God advancing it. And we all have a role as a soldier. And it's neat because, as we said, as Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil... What else did he do? He came to open the eyes of the blind, both physically and spiritually. He even taught us that the world can be so dark. We see you turn on the news, the, everything that's happening with Hurricane Harvey and the destruction and the mess that it leaves, or everything as we talked of last week happening in Charlottesville. All these things that are coming undone and the demonic attacks that are facing our country every week—it seems like that there can be so. There, it can feel so dark. But Jesus, because we're a part of the army, he can put a light that's so bright within us that can literally change an atmosphere, that can literally change a city, that can change a church, that can change a family, that can change everything about your life. He puts an overcoming spirit within all of us. But the devil wants to keep you clouded, wants to keep you down, depressed, broken, crippled, so that you never allow that light to shine forth in your life. You know, there's two different, really, ways to look at it when you think of a, of a soldier. There's soldiers and there's civilians, right? Those who have not, are not veterans or not currently fighting in the military, we would consider ourselves civilians. And then you have soldiers, those who've enlisted and are fighting for our country in the military. There's kind of a difference there of and this is really what we have to ask ourselves am i a civilian or am i a soldier because the purpose and the mission of god is to make all of us in soldier soldiers engaged in the fight engaged in the battle you know i thought this was funny kind of the difference is soldiers have the mindset and the mentality that i'm going to do something about it that they that they want soldiers and civilians both want the same end goal they want america to be blessed they want america to prosper they want freedom, but the difference is soldiers will do something about it, but what civilians do, they clap and say, you go, bud. You do it. We love you, but you do it. Soldiers are on the front lines. What's the motto of Marines, Tristan? You're going to be enlisting. It's You're going to be enlisting here in a couple years. That's right. They go first. They run to the battle. And you know what's neat? I've been working with my cousin Tristan, and he is so pumped up, and fired up about enlisting in the Marines in a couple years, that that's all he loves to talk to me about. And I love it because it's his passion. So there's something about that he is so focused that this is what I want to do with my life. It's almost the same as believers, as we should be talking as much about the kingdom of God as Tristan talks about the Marines. Yes. And Grandma Carol and Uncle Mike said amen, right? Yes. <laughs> awesome. So. Soldiers do something about it. Civilians just kind of stand on the sidelines and clap. Soldiers say, we need to fight against the power of darkness. Civilians say, yes, you do. And here's even, let's take it a little deeper in kind of our context in our world. Civilians, they love their neighbor. But as Jesus enlisted us as soldiers, we not only have to love our neighbors, right? We have to go a step further. We have to love our enemies, Here's even a step deeper than that. Civilians say, in the context, let's, let's throw the word adultery out there. Civilians say, I shouldn't commit adultery, but, you know, it's okay just to think about it. Where Jesus said, even if you look upon a woman or a man lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. You see how important it is to make sure that we're soldiers and not just civilian mindsets? Because it can take us down a slippery slope where we're not engaged in the battle and engaged in the fight. What it boils down to, with a civilian mindset, civilians live for comfort where soldiers live for purpose and mission. Civilians, their, their main goal is comfort, is ease, is prosperity all the time. But as we saw, and as Paul is telling, me, telling Timothy, you have to endure hardship You have to hang in there and not back out when it gets tough. That's a soldier's mentality. It's when you see hardship, you run to the battle knowing you are full of the Spirit of God, that God has raised up an army, and that you can be a healing presence in any situation. We're not civilians. We're soldiers. And our purpose here is we just don't come together, drink coffee, sing songs, and we leave. We are being trained In the kingdom of God. Even though we have some of the best coffee in northern Kentucky, I agree. But it's so much more than that. You know, I think if someone, and uh, my friend Brandon over here, Brandon, wave at us. He uh, he drove an hour to be here this morning. It's so neat, uh, the connection that we have with Brandon. Uh, Last year, or almost two years now, we did a Bible study in NKU where we just reached out to some of the students. And Brandon was one guy who walked through the door one day. And just as I got to know his story, what was neat is he was a a janitor at NKU at the time. And he had a dinner break, which was during that Bible study hour. So he said, you know what, I'm going to take my dinner break. I heard there's free pizza. So I'm going to (laughs) come and I'm going to hang out with you guys. And I'm going to allow myself to be filled and just get to know uh, some different Christians that are on campus. And it was awesome to see the transformation in his life and how God, and this is really what I want to get into here in a minute, but how God even used him in the position he was as a janitor. He would tell me stories. He's like, you know, I really don't have a lot of Christians on my team, but I see God creating moments for me to bring healing or to bring light or to bring love or to bring truth in this team of people. And so it was neat seeing Brandon's heart that he was willing to open himself up and say, well, this is what we do a lot of the times. We go into a situation or a job and say, there is no Christians here. I feel way out of place. What the heck am I going to do? And so we try to go find a different job. Now, there's all different situations that go with that, but that can't be your first thing is to retreat when it's so uncomfortable and there's no one there, where God might be sending you in as a soldier to change the atmosphere. If you're willing, that's right. And so real quick, I actually want to, a show, of video. It was awesome. We've been, uh, in the month of August, we've been doing community connect events where we've been doing things a little out of the ordinary. We've been coming together as a church, getting to know each other a little deeper, hanging out uh, more, doing uh, community service projects, and it was neat. As I, As we were at Master's Provision this past week, there was an awesome turnout, and a lot of us came together who were available to come and it, it, we had this sense that, man, this is the army of God coming together, and we're doing good. We're putting our hands and our feet to the mission of what God's called us to do. So watch this video. Here's a little recap of what an army looks like. Kenny, if you want to roll the master's provision video. Temptation comes and someone stands to fight. Anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served, I know, I know, I know, I know. Stirs a searching soul, and someone says, Send me here. I go, I know. Amen. I think we can truly say God is on the move. And that was just a a small part of something that we got to play. Uh, And what was neat, I think he told us we were able to pack, was it 28 bags? Uh, Which would serve over 1,000 people uh, across uh, to bring clothes and, and all these different things. So we were able just to take, it's amazing when you get an army of people together, you focus in for a short amount of time the impact that you can make. And I believe that was just a taste of what's to come, more as God brings different things into our church where we can go and be a blessing into the community around us. So go ahead, give yourself a pat on the back, say God's on the move. Give someone else a pat on the back, say God's on the move. And so again, we need to know the difference of being a soldier and the difference of being a civilian. And as we kind of take a, a shift into what I want to get into here, I believe it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be a moment where we really have to self-evaluate. When any Anytime we're in church, and this is kind of as I prepare and I pray, I'm evaluating myself. I'm praying and examining my motives, my heart, to make sure that it lines up with God's word. And that's what God's word should do. It should bust through anything in your life where the mirror of who you really are, as we said last week, you take off the mask and you stare right at God's word and you say, Holy Spirit, this is a dangerous prayer, reveal anything to me where my life does not line up with your word. And then you be ready for him to shake you down. You be ready for some hard truths that he's gonna share with you. But if you can, again, a soldier is willing to confront truth and willing to wrestle with the truth of God's word in our lives. So that's my prayer for you is that no matter how comfortable it may feel, no matter, well, I've already heard that scripture preached 50 times, is that you would be willing to go down the tough road every time we meet together and examine your life against God's word because that's where transformation will take place. And that's where we'll truly grow and become all who God told us to be and what he says in his word. And so I want to look at scripture. I love this scripture. It looked, it's Colossians 4, 5 through 6. And this is really how we step into the process of becoming a soldier in everything that we do. It says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. I love that that you may know how you ought to answer each one. You know, as soldiers in the kingdom of God, we always need to be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. Scripture says that. The hope that is within you, when someone on the outside has an answer, let your speech be, be, always be with grace and let it be seasoned with salt so that you can give an answer and it, be able to share Jesus with those around you. You know, it's neat when you think of season with salt. What does seasoning do? It takes something that's good, but man, it makes it really good. And it makes it better. It makes it tasty. You could take the same cut of meat from Longhorn Steakhouse, from Outback Steakhouse, uh, from whatever steakhouse you pick. What makes the difference is how it seasons or how it's cooked or how it's prepared. That's what the Word of God does in our lives is it seasons you so that you will be able to answer. Because as believers, we have to be able to answer. The world around us needs us to answer, because if we don't answer, who is going to answer? Look at what First Peter three fifteen through 16 says. But sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts. And here it is again. Always be ready to give a defense. Other translations will say always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. With meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evil doers, how many people in the world around us are always looking to defame the church, defame the body of Christ, defame Christians because of the values that we stand for, the things that we believe in? So when you allow yourself to be seasoned, And be ready to defend, be ready to give an answer. It says, when evildoers come knocking at your door, because they will, because they do, your good conduct in Christ, they may be ashamed. So because you allowed yourself to be seasoned, their words are going to fall null and void. And the character and the integrity the things we talked of last week are going to back you up. So here's your fill in the blank. It says, our mission is soldiers is to live questionable lives. You might think, okay, wait, wait a second. What, questionable lives, I don't, I don't wanna live a questionable life. Well, think about it a different way. And you have to think of it this way. It, if you go back to the scripture, Kenny of Colossians, it says to be able to answer. In the scripture we just looked at, to be able to, to give a defense. Well, we can never answer or we can never give a defense unless anyone ever asks us. And what I mean by living a questionable life, and again, I'm examining myself and I'm preaching to myself, is we have to be able to look, am I really different than the world around me? Am I living a life where someone is going to even question what's in me so that I can even give an answer? Even as Kim was saying, and i had wrote this down if you go back to the early church and you see the reason they were so full of the power of the holy spirit that the church would grow by thousands and thousands of people it wasn't because they had a gifted communicator or it wasn't because they had this amazing preacher this amazing speaker it's because there was hundreds if not thousands of believers when they would gather together Guess what? They had questionable lives and they were hungry for the things of God. And because everyone was so full of unity and so full of hungering for his presence and willing to do whatever it took, becoming a soldier for Christ, not getting entangled in the things of this world, the power of God showed up in their meetings together. The power of God showed up in whatever they did in their families and their marriages. But the thing is, believers, and this is where it gets tough, and this is where you can't allow the eyes of legalism to come on, is we have to always examine our lives to make sure that they're questionable, to make sure that the people around us, our neighbors, our friends, that they see something different, that they see that your Sunday's different than theirs, that they see something different in your family. Here's an example. You could be taking the kids out to Dave and Buster's. You got three kids. They're all over the place. You want to pop a lid. It's tough. There's pizza on the floor. There's drinks going everywhere. There's tickets flying everywhere. Change is falling out of the purse, and you've just about had it. The same situation could be happening to someone else who isn't a Christian, who isn't a believer. This person over here is probably going to lose it and explode and share some words with their kids and make a little scene. This is where you as a questionable person should come, into, be, should come into, into line with God's word, where you're not going to allow your head to pop. You're not going to start flipping this and flipping that. You're not going to lose your cool and watch what comes out of your mouth with, with your kids and how you're going to handle the situation. And you know what's going to happen? The same situation is happening with the two. So this person over here is going to look over and see how you're handling the situation full of the Spirit of God and bring things into line. It's not easy, but it can happen, right? Where they. The supernaturally, right. You see where I'm getting at, though? That there should be a difference in how we, as believers, full of the Spirit of God, should handle every situation from your relationships to your finances to every part of your life where people outside of the faith should question what is happening over there in that family? What is going on in that person's life? And then guess what? As Scripture says, because you're seasoned, because you're allowing the Word of God to season you, you're going to be able to give an answer. And then that's where you can bring the gospel into that situation because the world around us, what they need is the gospel of Jesus. And the thing, again, you look at the early church, you look at the Roman Empire at that time, I shared a little bit with you before in our Mystery of Marriage series The Roman Empire was so off from the way that Jesus taught, where you would never see men and women together, you would never see rich and poor together, and so as the church began to start and they began to gather together, they began to change the corrupt world of the Roman Empire because of applying God's word to their life. And you can go back, you can read writings, you can look at testimonies of all these things, it's amazing what you see of how because of their love for one another, and it you know, the, the social squares or the social circles of that time, you would never see a rich man and a poor man together. You would never see a slave and their master together. You would really never see a man and a woman sitting together. But guess where you saw all that taking place? It was right here. It was in the church. And so they began to break down the norms of what society and culture was all about. And they began to show how to love one another. The early church was so full of grace and mercy and was so kind to those outside of the faith that it made everyone just scratch their head that what's going on in those four walls and why are these people so nice to us? How are they able to connect with someone who's not not in their zip code and actually love them and that person can't do anything for them? How are they reaching out to this person, giving of themselves? Because here's again what love is and this is what we see in the early church. They They loved or they gave until it hurt. You ever been in that place before, parents? You've loved and you've given until it hurts and you literally feel like you can't give anything more. Right. That's really where love comes into play. When, it, when you really want to see a situation change, when you can love almost until it hurts, that's usually where something breaks and you were able to reach through to that person. And so we see the early church set us an example of how to have the power of God to have his presence, it's just not how good I can preach God's word. That's a part of it. They had a great communicators and men and women full of the power of God. But was, what was the real solution was when we all came together, we laid our lives down and we say, Father, whatever your word says, I want to do it. Even if I don't understand it, I don't even agree with it at the time, allow your word to transform my life, my thinking, every part of it every part about me. So again, our mission as soldiers is to live questionable lives. You'll see even as Jesus said, and this is how you're to do it and this is what I was just sharing in Luke six thirty-five. It says, but love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. That scripture right there is just a mouthful in and of itself. But here's what it says, and your reward will be great And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. So when the early church would read that, they would take that literally. Okay, that we're we're to be kind to the evil people around us. And that's what turned everything upside down, because that's just not what you do. That's not how you act. I don't do it all the time, but I know you guys do because you're saints. so you see how because they, the apostles and their example, that they would just take this and, and literally take this out and be merciful and kind to everyone around them. Did they fail? Oh yeah. Did they do everything right? No. But it was their heart's desire to take the word of God and to live it out and do what it says. And that's where they saw the change take place. Quickly, I want to look at some scripture. I'm going to go through it quickly, but Go back and read it, because it's a lot. But there's a lot of good stuff there. Paul, in in the book of Titus, was trying to tell uh, Titus and his church that he was over, this is how you're to promote right teaching, or this is how you're to promote your body to have questionable living. Look what it says in in verse 2. It says, As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men, to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. Uh, Another translation you'll see, the New King James says to be sober. So we can see that men in that time had an alcohol problem, and uh, they needed to be encouraged to be sober. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older woman to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good, These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and pure, to work in their homes, to do good, be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Verse six. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and your seriousness of your teaching. So allow your actions to speak louder than your words. Teach the truth, so that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing, to, nothing bad to say about us. Bondservants must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. And look what this next passage of Scripture says, and this is what you can highlight, circle, underline, whatever you got to do to remember it. Because you do all these things in that time, that's what needed to be tweaked so that the church was being the church and the church was setting an example. But look what it says when you do all this, when you, when you apply God's word to your life, they will adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. As another translation say, and I love this, and this is, goes with seasoning, that they will make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive in every way. When you live a questionable life, you're living the gospel. A church father said, preach the gospel, use words if necessary. You've probably heard that one before. That your life preaches the gospel. And when you mindfully and willfully lay yourself down and say, God, I want to be all that you've called me to be and do all that you've called me to do and say, I want to live a questionable life, guess what? Those outside the church are going to see your life and say, what they have is attractive. I want to adorn the doctrine of God because of what I see in their lives. And again, this is really where the rubber hits the road. is taking these principles and taking this truth and saying, God, how am I to do this? You'll see in your notes it says, when predictability is high, impact is low. When, again, when we're just like the, the world, we're predictable. When we want to go reach someone in a bar and we have a beer in our hands, that's kind of predictable. But when we do things that aren't predictable, guess what? They're going to see something different within us. They're going to see that I don't need what the world offers me because I have something that's far greater. This is what the world needs, is an example. It's Christians who are willing to raise the standards. Soldiers always go above. They raise the standards. And again, like I said, this is that place as believers where we always wrestle, where it gets tough. But it's having an open heart to being able to hear the Holy Spirit, and say, Spirit of God, what is it within me? Because Scripture says, and what we've always said, is we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, right? We don't want to hurt the heart of God. Because of what He's done for us, we want our lives to reflect Him. And this is where it can get nitty-gritty. These kind of things are hard to talk about because we all have a thousand different opinions, wouldn't you agree? We all have a thousand different opinions from things of alcohol alcohol, to music, to movies, to whatever our culture is doing. And I'm not here to tell you what you should do. That's not my place. My place is that you would get before God and say, Father, what are things in my life that maybe are hindering your presence within me? What are, what's static in my life that's keeping me from tuning in with hearing your voice? Because again, we all want to change, but usually it gets into a place that's tough Where God has to wrestle us down, as we talked of last week. And it's where it gets uncomfortable. And we usually jump up out of the process. But that's where you have to know. And this is where so many times we get it wrong as Christians. And again, I'm talking to myself. Is that early church, is so many were coming into the church and coming in from a different culture and a different mindset. There wasn't leaders and priests and, and all these people judging and pointing fingers, they were full of grace. They were full of mercy, pulling them in and saying, here's what God's word says and here's, here's how you can change. You just got to be willing to let go and, and allow God to do a work in your life. Yeah. We're never to point the finger at someone that we think is in sin or that we think has fallen short and say, look at them. Because what that does, you boost yourself up because of someone else's shortcoming. Well, guess what God's really called you to do as a soldier is to step into the situation and offer love and offer truth. But look, this is how this works too. I heard this said. Love without truth is just sentiment, but truth without love is just harsh. Isn't that true? You have to have both of the two together. You can't just go tell tell one, hey, these are the Ten Commandments, Here's what I see in your life. Yep, you're not doing that one. No, you're not doing that one. And you're going to make that person feel like mush. What you have to do is you approach it in a heart of love to want to see the best in that person and say, hey, what's going on? I I see you're kind of struggling in an area in your life. Let's sit down and talk and let's get to the bottom of this so that you can be set free. So you can hear the chains falling in your life. Am I preaching okay this morning? Yeah. You guys still love me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. If you don't, I heard, a, I heard a statistic. It said, a third of people will love you, a third of people will hate you, and a third of people won't care. So that's kind of what I go by. <laughs> I'm joking. You know that for your life too. Not everyone's going to love you. But again, I hope that you know my heart is I want to see us be a people be a church that isn't a hypocrite I don't want to be a hypocrite I want to be what God's word says and I want to accomplish my purpose here on this earth and I want you to accomplish your purpose here on this earth And here's the thing is we're always transformed he always sends us to go and transform You know when you think about it Jesus never lived here in Florence Kentucky Jesus never worked at your job Jesus was never a Bengals fan. Don't blame him. But guess what? We're to go and be Jesus in Florence. We're to go and be Jesus at our jobs. We're to go and be Jesus in our families. When we understand that, that we're the body of Christ, that my hands are the hands of Jesus, you'll think twice before you make a decision that might bring ill will into your life or might affect your family because you know your decisions have power and weight. So again, this is how the work of Jesus spreads is by us going and doing, by us being willing to show up and pack clothes, by us doing what the word of God says. And that's what I want to encourage you with this morning is as you get before God in your quiet time or in your prayer time, say, God, make me a questionable Christian. Let there be something in my life where they see the seasoning and someone will ask me, what is it that you have? How do you have that peace in your life? And you watch as God gives you a moment to bring healing into someone else's brokenness. And there's no better moment when you experience an exchange taking place where you can do the work of Jesus And so I want to pray with you this morning. If you bow your head. Father, we thank you. God, that you've enlisted us as soldiers. That you've called us out from the world. You've called us on purpose. And you've called us with mission. God, that's not a call that we take lightly. Father, we want to know you. We want to know you so much where we allow you to wrestle the mass that we put on in our life. Father, I pray that we be a church that would love, that wouldn't judge. God, that would look past the superficiality that we put up in our lives, but really be willing to get in the trenches with our brothers or with our sisters when they're in need. God, we want your power here in this house. God, we want your truth. Let us be a vessel for that to flow through, Father. Let us be a vessel. And we thank you that it's your love, as we're about to sing, that lights up every shadow, that tears down every lie, Because when we know you, we don't even flinch of when we see tough things in your word. Because we just want everything that you are in our lives. So, Father, as we sing this, as we declare this over our lives this morning, let us be reminded what it's all about. To allow your love to come into our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, Amen. Man, if you would stand and you would sing this over your life and allow your spirit to be encouraged.